0: Hello friend, I'm John Carter. Welcome today to the Carter Report. We're talking today about freedom of the press and freedom of religion. My special guest is the champion of Americanism and freedom, attorney Alan Reinick. Welcome today to the Carter Report. I'm John Carter in Moscow, in Havana, Cuba now in Kiev, the capital of Ukraine. I'm John Carter in Petra, right here in Communist China, reporting from India. Hi, I'm John Carter in the Solomon Islands. I'm John Carter in Soweto, from El Salvador. I'm John Carter in Sydney, Australia. Pastor Carter explores freedom of religion and freedom of press. Welcome today to The Carter Report. We're talking today about freedom of religion and freedom of of the press. Should America become a theocracy? Alan, tell me about the First Amendment. You know, I was brought up in Australia, so I don't know much about these things. So you're an expert on this. Tell me about the First Amendment. Well, that's a rather broad question,
1: John. But I dare say most Americans today, at least our kids, can name more members of uh, the Simpsons Television family than they can the freedoms that we have preserved. Are you slightly in our first Are you slightly commitment? cynical? No, I'm not cynical no. at all. This S- is just reality. Say you be, And being I dare factual? say I
0: challenge our listeners. How many First Amendment freedoms do you recall? Well, well, that's why I'm asking you because you know I was brought up in Australia. I'm not skilled in these things like you are. Freedom of the press. Freedom of religion.
1: So, freedom of religion, we have two separate clauses, no establishment of religion and free exercise.
0: No, don't go so
1: fast. What does that mean, no establishment of religion? Okay. Well, this is terminology that is foreign to us today. When I was a kid, there were some big words that we used to like to say. Mm. You know, One of them was anti-disestablishmentarianism. Oh, goodness. Now, nobody had any idea what it meant. No. I didn't know until I got Did, did you understand? No, I had no idea what it meant. Do you, just, st- do you understand it now? I, I, I do, because yeah. um, you know, in colonial days, there was a big movement to disestablish the church, because the churches were all established in the sense that they were uh, financed and supported officially by law, by the yeah. government. That's a bad idea? Well, it, uh, it is a bad idea. Yeah. It's un-American now, isn't it? The American way is to completely disestablish the church to have an independent religious sector from the government sector. So we have a healthy separation of church
0: and state. Should religion be kept out of government altogether? No. Um, don't, don't you have a chaplain in the Senate and the Congress and all this stuff?
1: So, you know, our practices have not always been entirely consistent with the theory of a complete disestablishment so yes and the military presents uh, kind of a unique conundrum because we have military chaplains who are not really free to answer only to their own conscience and Mm -hmm. faith because Mm -hmm. they're officers of the military they have to serve the government so it's it's a you know they're free to minister to the spiritual needs of, of the soldiers but they're not free to advocate, for example, mm. um, a pacifist view of not taking up arms and killing people. They can't really preach too hard on "Thou shalt not kill." No, you know So they're, <laughs> you know they're in a, an
0: interesting yeah. situation. Only in America. Now what about freedom of the press? Do, yes. you, th- do you think freedom of the press today could be uh, something serious? Do you think it could be a serious challenge to it?
1: There are enormous threats to freedom of the press because the press is so consistently mocked and vilified. Mm-hmm. So the mainstream, look, the mainstream media... Does it media, deserve it? No, it absolutely doesn't. It doesn't? No. I think it does sometimes. Well, the press obviously gets things wrong sometimes. Yeah. Of course they do. They're human. Yeah. You know, they, they try and... Are they sometimes uh, what I'm maliciously see- so? What I'm look, what I am seeing these days in social media are that people are simply so propagandized that they dismiss anything the mainstream press has to say simply mm-hmm. because of who the messenger is. So it doesn't matter how factual CNN or NBC or anybody or else Fox. is reporting or. Uh, the New York Times. Did no, you they say believe, Fox? Well, no, they, they believe everything that Fox reports. You know look, what, what, side what side are we talking about here today? For Rupert Murdoch. Rupert Murdoch owns Fox, and he has, cre- he, look, he's the one I behind want you,
0: Brexit. But he's a great Australian. Did you know that? Did you well, know that I'm asking you I knew you this. he was
1: Australian. Whether yeah, yeah. you want to well, he's, say he's, he's
0: great or not
1: uh, is open to question. But <laughs> yes, no, he
0: is. A, he's very powerful. Uh, some people say he's at least the second most powerful man in America. Uh, yeah, uh, that's, they say he calls the president every day.
1: Well, I, I don't know about a personal relationship. Yeah, they had to talk about cricket president. and
0: football and
1: those things. That's what they talk about. I'm sure. Look, Fox News has become, in essence, the uh, official uh, press organ of the American government, of the White House. The the relationship is is so cozy. It's kind of like what you know the Soviet media was during the Soviet Union era.
0: Oh, not as bad as that. Uh, pretty much the oh, same. Uh, well, you know the Soviet era was a totalitarian system, and even though the American system may have, to the casual viewer, one or two slight blemishes, uh, it's not nearly as bad as the old Soviet Union, is well, it? Well, <laughs> okay, but you see the difference here is that
1: we do have other media besides Fox. Yes, we do. Okay, so. Uh, the comparison between Fox and the Soviet era, I think, is apropos. The fact is we have left-wing media and we have mainstream media as well.
0: Before I dig a hole too deep, let me go to another question here. <laughs> <laughs> now, Revelation 13 talks about a coming time of, of persecution. Yes, it does. Now, uh, if you don't mind, I'm going to read you the text in Revelation 13, 14, and uh, 15. And I hope my viewing audience is uh, enjoying the program today. And if you've just joined us, this is the Carter Report, and my guest is great defender of freedom, Alan Reinick. Here we go, Alan, let me see if I can get you this text. Revelation 13, 14, and 15. And he deceives those who dwell on the earth by those signs which he was granted to do in the sight of the beast. Now, the beast, most people say, is the, the antichrist or something like that. Telling those who dwell on the earth to make an image to the beast. Who was wounded by the sword and lived, he was granted power to give breath to the image of the beast, that the image of the beast should both speak and cause as many as would not worship the image of the beast to be killed. Now, Many, many theologians have seen the beast as the union of church and state. Well, the historic Protestant view
1: is that the beast that was wounded by the sword and yet lived was the the Roman Catholic Church. That's the Protestant
0: view. And and we're not talking today about uh, anybody living today right now. Correct. But the beast power, they said, uh, was the coalition of church and state in the Dark Ages. Correct. Uh, which persecuted millions of people. It did. Yeah. Many believe, and I believe, that the image of the beast is the copy of that system that existed in the Dark Ages where you have a theocracy today. So what it's describing
1: is really a revival of something like the Inquisition. Which was the instrument of mm. persecution of uh, uh, religious dissenters.
0: Uh, do you think everybody knows about the Inquisition? Do you know about the Inquisition, my friend, watching the Carter Report? What's I, the Inquisition? I, I hope so. Well, uh, not by personal experience, I hope, Alan.
1: No, 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 no. Mm. But the, the
0: Inquisition uh, was
1: an instrument of the Church during the Dark Ages to uh, essentially try to convert heretics by force. Yes. Uh, the theory was that uh, it was okay to destroy the body in the hopes of saving the soul. Uh, I and think there were was... instruments of torture used mm. to try to. The worst
0: people to uh, faith in the church. You and I may have possibly been victims of the Inquisition, Alan, if we'd lived 500 years ago. <laughs> well, you know, I, I'm not likely to conform to
1: any majority
0: view of the I've, I've on noticed some, this. You're yes. a very strong willed young man. Uh, okay, young. I like this idea. Uh, yeah, yes, that. yes, yes. We're trying to give compliments out here today. If anybody calls me a young man, I kiss him. Now. <laughs> I'll be sure not to do so, John. Do you see unsettling events happening in the world today that could bring about this diabolical religious union of church and state?
1: Well, of course. And, you know, as I've said,
0: look, the gravest
1: threats to religious freedom are fundamentalism and nationalism. And you have both of those impulses raging in the United States today both
0: fundamentalism and nationalism. Do you think you do, or is this, uh, you, um, pardon my saying, because you are a, uh, you're a distinguished attorney and you know more about religious liberty than just about anybody, I, well, more than anybody I know, and I watch a bit of television, I don't see anybody who knows it as much as you do on this. Do you really think we have a, f- a flourishing of fundamentalism, right-wing religion? Yes,
1: we certainly do. Um, it's it's not the fundamentalism of a century ago, no. which was much more orthodox, uh, if I can use that terminology, in in its theology, because today's brand of religious enthusiasm is littered with heresy and ignorance. Yes, it is. is this is true. Ignorance. Yes. Yeah. You know. For example, the latter you, we, know, had, the you we, shout. we had an economic collapse in this country a decade ago. Yes. And a lot of fingers were pointed at greed on Wall Street, and appropriately so. Yes, appropriately so. Well, what you missed was the fact that, you know, somebody was taking out these ridiculous mortgages that uh, led to the packaging yes. of, of yes. junk mortgages mm-hmm. yeah. and the collapse of the economy. Yeah. Yeah. And they were egged on by preachers. Uh, in mega churches around the country, Astounding. teaching people that it was God's yes, will for them yes. to be rich. And if they only hmm. had faith, they would have bigger houses the, and nicer cars. The prosperity gospel, praise prosperity the Lord. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Right. Hmm. Which, you know, sounds great, except that the flip side of it is if you're struggling, if you're sick, if you have cancer, yes. it's because... God's not blessing you, but, but, and uh, our, your eternal destiny is at risk.
0: Prosperity gospel is the very opposite of the true gospel of Christ. Jesus said, blessed are the poor in yes, spirit. Yes. He didn't say, blessed are the wealthy. Uh, let me let me move on to this. And uh, So you do see uh, thunderclouds, you do hear the, the flashes of... You see the flashes uh, of the lightning.
1: Religious intolerance is dominant throughout both the Western world and the rest of the world. And it's getting worse, isn't it? It is getting worse. Our, you know, everyone recognizes how polarized
0: our nation And we see this in all these terrible killings, these killings in synagogues and mosques and even churches.
1: But, you know, to be fair, John, it's often been said, that the Pharisees and Sadducees, representing the, the, the right left and the, the right. left of their day, yeah, yeah. agreed on little else than the necessity of crucifying Christ. Yes. Well, the same is likely to be repeated in the prophecy that you read, where the religious intolerance that forms an image to the beast and, and causes all who do not worship the beast to be killed is
0: likely to be endorsed by both the right and the left. It is my conviction as an old pastor and preacher of the gospel for almost 60 years that the greatest threat to freedom is old-fashioned ignorance. As somebody said, don't impute malice when old-fashioned stupidity will do. And a lot of folks just don't have any idea of history or of Bible prophecy. They don't know what's going on. Now, We're not saying, we're not suggesting there's a parallel between what happened in Nazi Germany and anything that's happening today in the world. But you are a Jewish brother from New York City. I am. And you happen to believe in Jesus. Yes, I do. Yes. What happened in Germany during the 1930s and then the 1940s with the rise of the Third Reich What happened to the Jewish people?
1: Well, they were sent to camps and gassed Mm -hmm. by the millions. How many? Six million.
0: Six million. Some people deny that today.
1: You know, when you go to the Holocaust Museum in Washington, D.C., one of the exhibits there that really was so emotionally moving for me was to see hair. Dreadful. Human hair mm-hmm. that was bundled into bales, like yes. bales of hay, yes. and used for commercial purposes. Yes. They were harvesting yes. hair. Can you believe it for commerce? How? Can you believe it? And this is what human beings. This is how inhumane they had become in their conduct. Why the did regard- Hitler become so popular, though? You know there are lessons for today because we have the growing rise of intolerance around the world and there's a there's a certain sort of sequence that we witnessed in germany it didn't start with the camps and with the gas chambers it started with demonizing and and scapegoating jews for the mm-hmm. economic troubles and the yes. social troubles. Yes. You know, Germany in the 20s was, you know, Berlin was a place of great decadence.
0: Yes, it was. It was
1: the jazz era, yes. and, uh, you know, homosexuality was very public in Berlin, mm-hmm. and so Hitler... But we're not against homosexuals. Jesus died to save Absolutely. everybody, yes, so let's he did. just be clear on yes, that. Yes, yes. Regardless of what we believe about, uh, you know, what is... Proper sexual conduct, Mm -hmm. Jesus died to save every human being. That's Mm -hmm. the gospel, right? So the sequence began with uh, scapegoating the Jews and blaming them for the immorality and the decadence Mm -hmm. and the economic and social troubles of the nation. And today we see a lot of demonizing of immigrants and Muslims in America. Well, scapegoating and demonizing has led to uh, attacks here and there, such as in Christchurch, New Zealand. Yes. Um, Outrageous. Terrible. But, you know, if if it keeps going, the sequence becomes violence and increasing violence and even organized violence. And and what about hate speech? Is there more hate speech today? Hate speech is is definitely a problem. But remember, we protect speech Mm -hmm. in this country. We don't punish people. For expressing but hate hateful speech, thoughts,
0: it may be protected, but it's not right, is it? No, it's well. There's a difference between what's legal and what's moral. Of course. Now, back in the days of of Germany, when the when the Jews were being persecuted and other minority groups were being persecuted, of course, all the Christians ran to the side of the Jews, didn't they? All the Christians turned against Hitler and they opposed him. You know, that would be a very nice
1: alternative view of history. There was mm. a TV show that had a version of, uh, you know, the outcome of the war where Germany won and conquered America. That mm-hmm. was a very, very interesting uh, show. Mm. But no, uh, 80% of Lutherans in Germany uh, supported the Nazi regime. I,
0: I'm told, and your figures would probably be more accurate than mine, but I'm told that in Germany... Um, 95% of the people supported Hitler, 95% went along with Hitler. Only a very tiny minority opposed Hitler. I don't know the percentages, but the vast majority of Roman Catholics and Lutherans and other Protestants shouted Sieg Heil and turned against the Jews. This is true. The majority of the Lutherans who were uh, professed believers in the gospel of Christ. Why did they do this? Why would people do this? Hitler
1: promised to make Germany great again. They had gone through a time of hyperinflation Mm -hmm. and terrible ills. They suffered a huge blow to the national pride Mm -hmm. by losing the First World War. Terrible things happened to them. And so the promise to make Germany great again, to deal with Mm -hmm. the decadence and uh, restore Germany's
0: greatness, that had considerable appeal. Alan, what is scary to me is this, that here you had the most educated people probably on the face of the earth. They gave us the great theologians and the great philosophers. Theologians helped us, the philosophers didn't help the world. But Germany had great music, uh, great schools, great medicine, A great
1: Christian civilization.
0: uh, Probably, if you leave Great Britain out of it, uh, at least in Europe, the two greatest powers were uh, Britain and Germany. Okay. And some would say that Germany was ahead with uh, the philosophers and all the rest of it. So you have all these people who are intensely educated, they're smart people. They're cultured people. And they committed the crime of the millennium. Not yeah. of the century, of, of a of millennium. millennium. And they marched in, in step and they shouted Sieg hail and they gave the disgusting salute and they turned their backs and they let six million Jews go to the gas chambers and worse places. Well, they didn't just let, they, they did it. They did it. They did it. Yeah, yeah. And I would suggest to the people who are watching this program that one of the biggest problems was their ignorance. They seem to be ignorant of what they were doing even. And so I think that ignorance is one of the greatest blights uh, in the world. And I think we have a tremendous amount of ignorance today in the Western world, including America, as far as liberty and freedom and all of these things are concerned.
1: The, the intolerance that was displayed in Germany certainly can be chalked up to a nationalistic fervor. Yes, nationalism. And, and nationalism yes. is certainly mm. a very powerful force in America
0: today. T- uh, they sang a, a hymn, <clears throat> uh, they sang their national anthem, which was set to the tune of a hymn. It was Germany overall. Mm -hmm. (laughs) Let me ask you this. Uh, Your answers, of course, are are completely accurate. and They're right, what you're saying is right. And and if people say, I I don't like hearing this, well then they need to think through their their thought processes and say, am I prepared to follow the truth? And Jesus said, you'll know the truth and and the the truth truth will will make you free." free. So we need to put aside our preconceived ideas and by the grace of God, believe in the truth. This is a tough one. I I think the left-wing movement, the extreme left-wing movement in America, I was going to say was a curse, and I I, I don't think it's too strong. Uh, Intolerance, throwing out American values, throwing out Christian values, persecuting those who think differently to them. Mm But the right wing, it seems to this pilgrim, the extreme right wing in America is just as bad as the extreme left wing. And my question is this, are right wing Christians today, betraying the gospel of Christ, have they lost their spiritual authority because of their involvement, their immersion in politics?
1: Let me answer that question with a reference to Jesus' final discussion with the disciples before his ascension to heaven. They asked him, Lord, is it this time that you will establish the kingdom? And Jesus understood that what they were really asking was, hey, do I get to sit on your right hand and your yeah, left hand now? Yeah, yeah. You know, we, We're just dying hmm. for power. And Jesus said, the authority to rule belongs to the Father. Mm -hmm. That's not for you. He said, but you will receive a different kind of power. He said, you will receive power when the Holy Spirit comes upon you, and you'll be my witnesses in Judea, Samaria, and to the uttermost parts of the world. The problem that we have in the American church today, John, is that there is the pursuit of political power. In the Greek, it's the exousia. Uh And the forsaking of the dunamis, the dynamite power of the Holy Spirit. Which is the setting up of the image of the beast. Right. The church is not to pursue spiritual goals through seeking political power. That's a formula for
0: persecution. It cannot end well. But we've got very, very bad memories and we don't remember the dark ages or any of those things. It is my personal belief that a minister of the gospel needs to stay out of politics and preach the gospel of Christ. Countries are turned upwards when they're turned towards God. We don't accomplish a great deal by trying to enforce morality through laws and legislation. Let me ask you this, because we're coming to a close of this program and I'm glad that you've joined us and it's been a privilege for you to have with us. If you were to have, and you're going to have it, if you're going to have a a final word of advice to Christians today, what would you say to them? I would say,
1: seek the power of the Holy Spirit, not the power of government, and learn the lesson of Jesus' judgment parable in Matthew 25, to see in the least of these, my brothers and sisters, to see Jesus, to learn to see Jesus instead of uh, demonizing
0: and make and seeing people as enemies, see them as Jesus. And of course, that is the Christian viewpoint. That is the biblical viewpoint. And it's mine too. And I thank you so much, Alan. It's been my privilege and honor to have you with us today at the Carter Report. And it's been our privilege to have you join us today. Please write to me, John Carter, Post Office Box 1900, Thousand Oaks, California, 91358. In Australia, write to me at the address at Terrigal, now appearing on the screen. On the screen, Alan. Thank you so much. Thank you, John. God it's always bless you. A pleasure. God, and bless you too. God bless you too, my friend. And goodbye for now. There's only one thing that really counts in this lifetime: your relationship to Christ. And then, if you have a right relationship with Christ. You want to tell people about Christ. That's why Jesus said, go into all the world and preach the gospel to every creature. By the grace of God, we're going to do that. We are doing that. That is why we're going back to Cuba, to this communist land, to preach Christ. We're accepting an invitation to go to the the vast, huge city of Manila, the capital of the Philippines, been there before but by the grace of god we're going back please support us and please stand with us in the preaching of the everlasting gospel you say how do you do it who who pays the bills we do do you get any help financial help from the church no my friend we don't but we get a lot of help from god and from his children please support us in the preaching of the everlasting gospel. It's the most important work in all the world. Everything else is almost trivia. So would you please write to me? John Carter, Post Office Box, 1900, Thousand Oaks, California, 91358. Do your best for Jesus. Do your best for the gospel. And in Australia, write to me at Terrigal. And we promise you this, every dime, every dollar is going to be used to win souls to our Lord Jesus Christ. Please write to me today. Thank you, and God bless you.
1: For a copy of today's program,